You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, before we get into the episode, we have a special announcement. McIntyre is hosting their first ever one day live event in Dallas on July 18th. Are you looking for a new career? Are you trying to just get a raise? Maybe you want to start your own business. This is the event for you. It's called Acceleration 2020 for such a time as this. This could be the spark to get you moving where you want to go. For more information and to get your tickets to this powerful event, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com. See you there. This is the Next Level Podcast, a place for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. This is Michael McIntyre, your humble host for the Next Level Podcast. And boy, are we blessed today. We have got a VIP in real time. (laughs) Angela Stanton King is a congressional candidate running for the Republican ticket in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Congress of the 17th District of, of Georgia. And we are excited to have her here. Angela Staten King is the founder and the president of the American King Foundation, whose mission is to reunite America families separated by mass incarceration. Angela is an active board member for the Beacon Leadership Academy and advisor for the Can Do Clemency and Alveda King Ministries. We know who Alveda King is. Come on, somebody. Since her release from prison, Angela's release from prison in 2005, the celebrated owner of Stanton Publishing House and former reality TV star of BET Network docuseries, From the Bottom Up, she has been mentored by her godmother, evangelist Alveda King and has joined her in being a prolific voice in the pro-life movement. Angela has also formed several organizations dedicated to restoring values, healing victims of sexual abuse, and assisting disadvantaged persons, which is incredible. Angela is a criminal justice reform advocate who helped pass the First Step Act signed into law by President Donald J. Trump on December 18, 2019. Her story of being chained to a bed during childbirth can you believe this? Encourage President Trump to enact laws making it illegal for women to be chained to bed during childbirth in prison. On February 18th, 2020, Angela was given a full unconditional pardon from Donald, President Donald J. Trump after her 2004 conviction on federal conspiracy charges for her role in car theft ring. In a statement by the White House, Following her February 18th pardoning, Trump said, quote, Stanton King overcame a difficult childhood to become a champion for redemption and rehabilitation for, for all who strive for a better life, unquote. Come on, somebody. Angela, you are one amazing woman. Congratulations, and thank you so much for being on the Next Level Podcast. We're honored to have you with us. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for bringing me on your show. Thank you for that awesome, awesome introduction. You know, I'm just so honored to allow my story to be a representation of God's true glory, grace, and mercy. Um, Had it been not for my faith and my hope and my determination, I most certainly wouldn't be here today. So thank you again so much, Michael, for having me on your show today. And I'm here to answer any questions that you may have. Well, thank you very much, Angela. You're, you know, you're you're a young woman. Yes. (laughs) 
Well, I, I don't know. I'd say my daughter's a young woman, so I'm kind of in the middle. I wouldn't call myself an old lady, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've seen your. <laughs> hey, none of us are, but I've seen your picture. You're a beautiful woman. And I just want to say, uh, I, I love that you're out there an advocate for the pro-life moment, movement and also for the, uh, the families who have been separated by mass incarceration and letting them find a way to come to justice and, and also economic stability. I mean, that is so important. And when, when this, the, the, you've been the voice of this act that Donald Trump passed, how has that changed your life? Oh, wow. It's, it's done um, marvelous um, wonders in my community. I've been able to give so many people hope um, in the district that I'm running in, in Georgia's 5th Congressional District, you know, there is a large black community and there's a large part of that community that has been disadvantaged and that has been underserved. And people are looking for redemption and they're looking for hope. And when they see me and they see my story and they see that President Trump was willing to give someone like me a second chance, it just gives them so much hope for tomorrow. So I said, I'm going to take this torch and I'm going to run it all the way across the finish line. And we are going to do everything that we can to make America great again. If if make if America can be great again, then I can be great again as well. So this is all Come about on. restoration, redemption, and just restoring America to the dream that we all hope that it'll be. Amen. Amen. I love that. Well, tell me about, tell me about, I mean, I know, I know you had, you were caught up in some kind of uh, uh, theft ring of automobiles. How did that, how did all that, how did all that go through? And then what, what came on the other side of that? Well, I was young. So I I, I was a kid. Just like, you know, we're born into this world. The majority of us have hopes and dreams that nobody, when they ask you that question, when you're a kid, they say, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody says, I want to go to prison. So there are things that can happen to us throughout our lifetime, even in our childhood, that if they aren't corrected, can definitely put us on the path to prison. So I was a child that was very misguided. I suffered from sexual abuse at the age of a family member, I mean, at the hands of a family member at a very young age. Um, Really, it began at the age of five. And so I was someone that was constantly looking for love in all of the wrong places. Um, a very troubled kid, in and out of um, detention centers and, and group homes and kicked out of just about every school that I went to when I was in my youth. And it was because I was hurting. And I, I thank God now, um, after you know, receiving my bachelor's in psychology that, you know, children don't really know how to act out. They don't really know how to tell people what's wrong. Um, They don't know how to express themselves. So what you get is a lot of um, misbehavior. And if it's not corrected, then that child can definitely be on a path to destruction. So Mm -hmm. at the age of of 27, well, really at the age of about 21 years old, I met some friends. Someone who was established, a very successful businesswoman here in Atlanta. And I was just looking for guidance. And I I was guided by the wrong people and got involved Mm. in some criminal activity. Of course, it's it was all nonviolent. And then at the age of uh, 27 years old, I found myself chained to a bed, um, giving birth to my daughter with the sheriff watching. Um, this mm. is for a title fraud charge. So this is like just having fraudulent paperwork, um, kind of similar to some of the things that we see going on at the border, um, just having a false government, a falsified government document. And so after giving, my, giving birth to my daughter, she was snatched right out of my arms 24 hours later, and I was sent back to 
an overcrowded prison. Uh, two and a half years later, I was released from prison with a $25 check and a bus ticket and was told, here, go start hmm. your life over. Well, wow. during that time that I served in prison, my mother had died of a massive heart attack. My grandmother had also passed away. So I came home to absolutely nothing. I came home to two tombstones. My mother wasn't one. My grandmother wasn't the other. And I had four children waiting for me. Um, we didn't wow. have a place to live. Um, I didn't have any support. Um, the father of my children was in prison serving a life sentence. And they just said, here, you know, you, you're free to go. And so once released, um, my children and I kind of wandered around Atlanta, just hopping from shelter to shelter until we reached our max out date. Because, of course, I was a convicted felon. So being a convicted felon meant that I was a liability. And I was also a single mother. So not only did no one want to give me a job, but I was denied certain government benefits because of mm. my conviction. Um, wow. After my last trip to the shelter, because we had maxed out at every shelter in Atlanta. There was only three at that time for women with children. Um, someone was telling me about a women in crisis center that I could go to for help. And so I caught the bus that day. I'll never forget. I packed up my four babies and our little garbage bag of belongings, and I caught the bus all the way across town. And I remember walking into the center, and there was this woman sitting behind his desk. And I walked up to the woman, and I just was really ready to give up, um, ready to just take my own life. I just literally mm. dropped at her feet and said, I can't, I can't keep going. I can't do this. I mean, everybody was pressuring me. I had parole fines to pay, probation fines to pay. If they weren't paid, they were threatening to take me back to jail. I didn't want to see my children caught up in the government system. So I just didn't see any way out. And it just so happened that this woman, it was something about me that she saw. And she promised me that day, she said, listen, if you are serious about getting your life together and you really want help, she says, I'll help you, but you have to lead the way. Um, that woman was Dr. Elvita King, who was my godmother today. She Come on. Giving me, <laughs> she gave me a job that day working in her office, and I've been working with her and walking with her for the past 15 years, rebuilding my life, not only restoring my life and the lives of my children, but also restoring my community. Um, while I was in prison, I realized that I had a gift, um, and it was writing. It was where I had wrote my first book, so after coming out and not being able to get a job and being denied government benefits, which was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me, then I discovered my greatness. I discovered that I could be anybody that I wanted to be because not only did I publish that book and become a three-time national best-selling author, but I started my own publishing company and was able to go back into my communities and create book camps and turn um, disadvantaged youth and the authors so that they'll have a way to be able to um, provide for themselves and, and provide for them families so they wouldn't have to feel as though that they needed to turn to the streets for any type of illegal activity. Um, we worked with numerous pregnancy resource centers, um, been a very prolific voice speaking out against uh, abortion in our communities and how it disproportionately impacts uh, communities of color. Um, I focused a lot of my work around helping people that have been victims of sexual abuse. And then most recently, founding the American King Foundation in 2017, which was kind of after I started paying attention to politics. And I was seeing how 
all of America was crying out for the families that had been separated at the border. Yes. And when I saw how that was happening and how the news media was giving us misinformation and trying to make it seem as though President Trump was separating these families, it was like a fire was lit on the inside of me. And all I kept remember was replaying that scene in my mind over and over again when I was chained to that bed. And they took my newborn out of my arms. And I said, wait a minute, you know, this was back in 2004. President Trump wasn't president. What about all of these American families that have been separated? You know, it, it's the law here in America that anyone that has ever been arrested, even if you haven't been convicted, but if you're arrested, you're going to be separated from your child. So this hype where they were trying to make it seem as if the people at the border were the only people that were important and that family separation didn't impact those in America, I said, wait a minute, I've got to take a stand. I've got mm. to use my story. I have to fight for all of these American families that have been forgotten. You know, if they're saying children at the border are traumatized when they're separated from their parents, then they need to understand that children in the border are also traumatized. And so thus, American King Foundation was born. Um, I used my story to not only get the First Step Act passed, but the president was so moved um, by my story that he also made it illegal to chain women to the bed during childbirth. And so, so the fight good. hasn't ended, and here I am today. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. I just, it's just, I just get, I get goosebumps hearing your story, Angela. It's so amazing. And what else? I mean, you were, you were in uh, BET Network, and you did this docu series on that. How did that come about? So, um, after the release of my book, I was sued um, for thirty million dollars. <laughs> And mind you, this oh was a time when I didn't even have 30 cents. So this is another reason why <laughs> I decided that I want to run for Congress, because I see how people can attack your freedom of speech. Now, I yes. eventually won the case because I had every right to tell my story as long as it was true. But it wasn't until after I won my case that I was contacted by producers of From the Bottom Up, which were Queen Latifah and Nikki Gilbert. And they offered me a spot on the show because it was about a docuseries that it followed women who had had hardships in life, but were rebuilding themselves and rebuilding their success. And so that's how that story actually came about. And it was wow. a really good show because it wasn't like the majority of the, you know, crazy reality shows that we see. It's all about <laughs> negativity. It was right. more positive and showed more of a real side to let people see that redemption is a real thing. Amen. That's so awesome. I love that. I, I love that Queen Latifah took it, took an interest in this and she's a powerful, powerful voice as well. So, okay. So you come up here and, and uh, were you, when Donald Trump, President Donald Trump pardoned you, was that a surprise? What happened in that situation? Actually, I, mean, that's I mean, actually, because I'm in the work with criminal justice reform, what we do is we fight and advocate for other people to be released and for other people to get out of prison. And so right. I had put in an application for a pardon quite some time ago, and just being the person that I am, I just forgot about it. I mean, I just kept doing <laughs> the work. I didn't, you know, it was there. If it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it did. Because I was already out. I wasn't someone that was in prison. So to me, the people that were still separated from their families was far more of a fight that I was fighting for than actually my own self. So when it happened, which was the day before my birthday. It was a complete, utter shock and surprise to me. I really couldn't believe it because 
Wow. You know, the thing about it is, it's like, even though I had been free, but 15 years later, you're always still reminded that you're a convicted felon. So anytime I needed to fill out an application or anytime I wanted to get a license to endure a new, to, you know, take apart, take apart a new business venture or anytime I needed to go to the White House and have to have clearance from the Secret Service or just anytime they ran my name, it always came up as a constant reminder of my past. And I just think that if you have someone that has, you know, redeemed themselves, has paid their debt to society and has been out here continuously since their release fighting to restore our communities, then why are they still being labeled for something that they've actually been restored for? So it was like a dream come true. I was walking in the airport and someone sent me the link because I just wouldn't believe it. My godmother called me, Alvita, she says, Angela, the president just called me. You know, he said he had your pardon on his desk and he was getting ready to sign it. Now, I love my godmom. She's never lied to me. She's never misled me. But something just wouldn't on the inside of me. It's one of those things like you got to see it in order to believe it. And so Amen. when the came through in the airport, they were trying to pick me up off of the floor. I mean, they were coming with wheelchairs. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. And I just think that it's so awesome because now I'm able to work for Congress and, and take my story and get in here and really try to make a difference for America's Forgotten. Amen. I love that. That is so awesome. What I love about that, Angela, is that you had it there, but that wasn't what you were fighting for. You were fighting for everybody else. And and I believe God wants us to do that as he did through you, used you in that fight, and you got rewarded for that by the president, which is incredible, which is so deserving. So, all right, so now now today, today you are running for Congress of the United in the United States of America. And you're you've got an you've got an opponent that is kind of famous yes and i mean i'm he, just famous so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you are you are and so but he's been there for 33 years right he has and so he has. and so and so you know and he's 80 years old and uh you know he's been there he's been a uh activist for a long time so tell tell me give give me give our listeners a, what what's i know what the difference are differences are but what, well let why me you, say this yeah let me say this the definition we all know the definition of insanity the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same thing and expect different results i think right. that what john lewis has done and has done for our community well the black community in particular in the in relation to civil rights, I think that it's great, but I think that we're we're faced with a new fight now. Um, I don't think mm. that the injustices that we were fighting then are the same injustices that we're faced with today. You know, we're no longer fighting for a seat on the bus or fighting to, you know, integrate our schools. You know, there are far more things that we have to fight against in regards to a corrupt media that's trying to silence Christians and conservatives. We're up against, you know, a war machine when it comes to protecting life and and, 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 and just taking it upon ourselves to decide who should live and, and, and who should die. I think that we're faced with a severe identity crisis when it comes to our youth and confusing them um, with all of these choices instead of just being who God has created them to be. So I think that we need people in Congress right now that are willing to say, wait a minute, let's do all we can to protect the innocence of children. Let's do all we can to protect faith and and religious freedom and our 
Second Amendment rights and what we're seeing what's happening right now with this COVID shutdown and how we've got these tyrant government mayors that are coming in and demanding that cities stay shut down. And I'm like, hey, do you guys not realize that if you don't open these cities back, I'm in criminal justice reform. If people can't make money, <laughs> do you have That's any right. idea what's going to happen? And I mean, That's I, right. I, I, and I've worked with the president, you know, on the Second Step Act, and I've created a partnership with Alaska to be able to provide over 4,000 jobs for returning citizens to make sure that when they get out, they have gainful employment and don't have a reason to go back to committing crimes. You know, just like the people at the border, everyone's saying, well, hey, they, it's okay if they commit a crime because they're looking for a better life. Well, guess what? You have people on your own soil that are willing to commit crimes looking for a better life as well. Amen. Amen. I love that. And so uh, with, with with your support, I, I, I assume that you've got a lot of support there in Atlanta right now for your congressional campaign. And uh, so what what is it? What is it that you're going around with this COVID-19? How are you getting around? Are you holding virtual uh, town halls? How are you getting out there to we're get doing, the message we're out? Doing, we're, doing, we're doing virtual town halls. I'm doing a lot of my social media. We're doing a lot of Zoom calls. We're doing a lot of conferences to reach the people. I mean, this is my first time running a campaign. We're running in a campaign, and um, it's all new for me. So I didn't expect these challenges with COVID. It kind of seems like COVID <laughs> as soon as I made my announcement. So I haven't been able to have the full, I guess, enjoyment yet of this campaign. But just doing everything we can in order to. Um, get people on board, get people to listen to the story, and get people to back the campaign financially. I mean, that's kind of like the biggest hurdle um, for me right now coming up against an incubate and then also being a Republican in a Democrat-run city. So it's important that I get in because we definitely need to flip the house. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. We, we, we need to give President Trump the ammunition he needs with the, with the Congress and the House to get back there and to get the majority. I feel that there's a big movement right now. I think there's a, there's a, uh, a silent becoming more vocal majority out there of Americans. What I see out there is that they really are tired of the, the typical uh, bureaucratic White House, bureaucratic Congress, and you know, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi out there spouting off these things that are really are not true. And so I really think that we've got to get this house back and take this thing back. And, you know, I think, you know, we're going to, by the grace of God, I believe President Trump will be able to promote, uh, to put in another U.S. Supreme Court nominee here, even in his next term. So how, how do you see this, this next election here in 2020 going for the house? Do you see this flipping this over back to the Republicans? Well, you know, we see what's happening now. We see a lot of these Democrat-run cities trying to shut the cities out and keep people from voting. They want absentee voting. You know, when you can't win fair and square, hey, cheat. If you can't beat them, cheat them. So I think that, you know, with with social media, which is a gift and a curse, okay? Um, But the gift with social media is that people are waking up. People are able to have a different option to be able to form another opinion. They're not just being fed what they're being seen, what they're being shown on CNN or NBC News and things like that. They're able to follow people like myself and some of the other prolific voices in the movement, and we're able to give them truth. And people are like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, maybe they've been giving us a bunch of bull crap. You know, 
Maybe we have been voting right. against our interests. You know, maybe we should start questioning everything that we see in the news and the media. So I truly believe that God is, is with us um, because I yes. know that I'm not only right, but I'm on the side of right. I know that God is with President Trump and I'm not dependent on me to do anything. I'm just decreasing myself and allowing God to increase his will, his grace and his mercy. And as long as I stay faithful, I know that we can do all things through Christ. And that's what I'm running this campaign on. Um, and that's what the way that we're going to go. That's the direction that we're going in. And, you know, he will prevail. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4.13. I love that verse. Let me ask you this, Angela. So over the last, over my, my, my lifetime, I've noticed that, you know, generally uh, that the the uh, African-American vote has always kind of gone towards the Democrats, right? It's kind of been, it's right. been a given that the Democrats have really uh, assumed that. Do you think there's a shifting in that at this time? Um, I do think that there's a shifting because people are waking up and they're seeing, you know, right now it, what we're hearing, everything that was kind of like, you know, black people have lost their voice in politics. I mean, you don't hear us on the floor anymore. It's like everything is about LGBTQ or everything right. is about illegal immigration. And the only time you really hear black people mentioned is when they're discussing who should have access to abortion. And I think that black people are saying, hold on, wait a minute, you know, we've had enough. Um, but I think that what happens and how the Democrats win is that they pay identity politics. You know, yes. on the lot, over here on the right, we, we don't like to do that. We just clean, cut, and dry. You know, we're not here that's to right. stroke anybody's ego. But that's, that's, that's a problem because we can't relate if we're not related. And what I mean by Good. that is we don't have to be related by blood, but we can share a relatable situation, right? We can share something that we both relate in that, that gives me, right, the, the notion that you feel where I'm coming from and that you are fighting for me. So I think Good. in the change in, in, in the Republican Party, and as we see people that are coming out kind of like myself and um, like the Diamond and Silk and Rob Smith, where you're seeing, because before you wouldn't see too many people that kind of related to them being a voice in the Republican movement. So now that we are allowing, you know, a different diversity of people to come to the forefront, then we're definitely going to win over more support and more voters. Amen. I love that. Well said. So how do you, do you how do you take the criticism from the African American uh, community or from the Black community saying, well, Angela, you know, you're 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 you know, you're just out here and and doing this here, and and uh, you really, you know, this is against your community. How do you come up against that? I mean, I'm well, sure that I mean, you're. To be, to be completely honest with you, there's criticism on both sides. Um, you can't yes. please anyone. When I'm you know, being a Republican and I'm fighting for the black community, I have people on that side calling me a sellout. But then when I be a voice for, you know, the the black people on this side, then, you know, I'm accused of being a race baiter. So I think what you have to do is just stay true to yourself and let your actions speak louder than words. Awesome. That's so good. So you are awesome. Community, <laughs> yeah, I just focus more on the work that I've done and the work that I'm doing and I let people see that, you know, I'm the real thing. I'm not some, someone that's just on social media just running my mouth for attention. And, and I'm not a puppet and I'm not someone, you know, that can be bought. I mean, I'm here to stand and to fight for what I believe is right. And, and that's what I'm going to stand on in this, in this election and this, throughout this campaign. 
That's awesome. And so what, what I would I would consider you, and I think you consider yourself, you're an overcomer, yes? And you, you've overcome, you know, you've overcome amazing uh, issues. You've overcome amazing uh, setbacks. And with Alveda, with Alveda King uh, helping you in there, how, how has that given you strength? How has she come up un- underneath you and blessed you in this in this campaign? With, uh, this, can you repeat that? Are you talking about Alveda? I didn't hear you the phone. Yeah, now. yeah. That's okay. Yes. As you become an overcomer, how is Alveda King? Obviously, she was Jesus to you when you came in there to that place. <laughs> how, She's how, still Jesus how, now. <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> She's giving me strength when I didn't have it. Um, come on. She's giving me truth. Um, she's restored my hope and um, helped me find my salvation. She, she's helped me completely redeem myself. She never turned her back on me. I mean, even, even with dealing with the black community and trying to wake them up, you know, she wasn't someone that, you know, they say you can talk at people or you can talk to people. She was someone that talked to me. She didn't talk at me. And the times that I didn't understand, she took the time to help me understand. And I think that I want to be, and, and, you know, the only thing she ever asked of me throughout this entire, entire journey, she says, Angela, she says, I never want anything back from you. She said, all I want from you is for you to be someone else, for you to be to someone else who I was to you. And I think that's the whole purpose of me running the Congress. I want to be LV the King for my community. I want to hold on. your hand. I want to show them that if they believe right in themselves that they can do this, that it can happen. You know, there's right. nobody or anyone that's holding us back. We're not oppressed. So look at my story. We're not oppressed or so oppressed. We don't have to give up <laughs> on our dreams. And so, so that's good. what I'm here for. I'm all about restoration and justice. I believe in myself. Um, I believe, you know, that God has his hand all over my life. And I'm just totally confident and this journey that I'm on, and I know that it's for the betterment of all people. Amen. I love it. I love it. So with that, with uh, the, the the district that you're running in there in Atlanta, what is it What is it you see that needs to be changed, like, immediately? Once you get sworn in and you take the oath and you come in there as a congresswoman, what, do you, what, what is your first priority? Well, one of the things that we need to focus on is financial stability, economic, um, you know, um, economic freedom we need to make sure that people have access um to gainful employment restoring our communities is one of the biggest things with everything being shut down from covid getting the economy back up and going and then making sure that we have laws in place here in georgia that protect the innocence of children right our veterans are also very important our homeless population i'm starting to see atlanta georgia begin to look a lot like Skid Row um, down in California. I've been here for about the last 25 years. I've never, ever seen it this bad. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done in our community, and I'm just ready to pick up the torch and start running. Amen. Amen. So one of the things I want to ask you is a little bit about current events right now. I know you're following this stuff, but, you know, you've seen recently that the Department of Justice have just dropped the charges against General uh, Michael Flynn. (laughs) <laughs> Praise God, right? And it right. looks like it, it looks like, you know, everybody's got their hand caught in a cookie jar in, in, in the Obama administration. How do you how do you think that this is gonna end up? What do you what do you see in this? Listen, I'm sitting back and I'm watching the show just like everybody else. So I've got my popcorn. When it's all done, let's come back to the table <laughs> and have a conversation again. <laughs> amen. Amen. 
it's going to be interesting. It's just, it's just, I really feel, I'm just really happy for the president and for Michael Flynn and, and for the, for the general, because he's just an amazing patriot. And uh, it's just, yes, it's just is. really, it's just really amazing how we're finally getting this out in the open. And, you know, it's like in the Bible when like, you know, when you bring light in, it, it, it disinfects, it brings the truth out and transparency is what it's all about. And so it's really yes. cool. Yes. Yes. So That's it's, exactly it's just, what it's all about. That's right. It's exciting. So, all right. So what I want to do in, in because in, in our program at next level podcast, we like to help out our, our people who we get to interview. And I noticed you talked about needing money. So how does my listeners donate to your amazing campaign? Yes. Dancing King for Congress.com. You guys can find me at dancing King for Congress.com. That's S T A N T O N K I N G for Congress.com. Now, remember, if you are not in a position to donate financially, you can always spread the word. If you got family or friends or anybody that's in Atlanta, let them know that you heard this awesome story today from an awesome young woman that you know is getting <laughs> to bring some much-needed ballots. And let's go ahead and do everything. This is the time now. This election is, is very, very important. This is critical. It's kind of like now or never. So let's come together and do everything that we can to flip the house and make sure that these policies continue. We've got about 16 years of things that we've got to undo. So the moment and the time is now. Amen. So listeners, I encourage you to get on there and donate whatever you can, whether it's $5 or whatever it is or, or whatever the maximum amount that you can donate. We need to bless this woman because she is a godly woman and she has, she is all about merciful redemption. And there's no better time now than to contribute to this campaign. And so I am just so honored. So I want to ask you this. Uh, you've known, you've known Jesus for some time. You've given your life to Jesus. Get, tell me one of your favorite, tell me one of your favorite scriptures. Oh, wow. There are so many of them. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I mean, there are so many of them. I mean, one of the ones that, that, that are dear to my heart is that I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I mean, through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, whenever I feel defeated, I, I remember yeah. there were times when I think about that time when I was in that cell. I mean, I remember being locked in the cell when the chaplain came and knocked on my door and told me that my mother had passed away of a massive heart attack. And there was nothing mm. that I could do. I mean, no matter how much I kicked, no matter how much I screamed, no matter how much I hollered, there was no one in that cell but me and God. And I knew that I had to have him in order to come out of this thing sanely yes. and in order to yes. be able to pick up the pieces and keep going. And I think another thing for me would be in all things that you do, acknowledge Christ. Um, I think that sometimes we find ourselves in so many situations where we feel as though we're not worthy um, of God. So we don't even take the time to praise him or to thank him. But the word says, in all things that you do, acknowledge him. And then another thing would be, we'll seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things that will follow. So, you know, God first and everything else is going to fall into place. That's so good. That's so good. You know, uh, we all, I, I love John 10, 10. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life abund, abundant. And, you know, and, and everybody's abundance different, Angela, of course. But what I love about your story is that you've, you've been to the, you've been into the rock bottom and you've come out and now you're in, 
into the abundant and you're into the abundant to help other people, not abundant for yourself, but to give back. And it's like, it's like, uh, Alveda wanted you to pay it forward. And that's what you're doing right now. So I thank you for this interview. I thank you for getting on here. You, you are a inspiration to so many people. And I'm so proud that you have, I've stepped forward. I'm so proud that uh, president Trump gave you a full pardon. And I'm so proud that, uh, that you are on the pro-life movement and that you're running for United States Congress there in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're going to pray for you and we're going to, we're going to support you financially and we're going to support you with our prayers. And uh, we want to, we, we can't wait to see you on Fox and friends as the new face for the Republican party out there. <laughs> uh, let's pray. I, let's just keep I, us in, in prayer is another thing that I need. So guys, if you aren't in a position, you know, to donate financially, pray i can always use yes. prayers because i'm sure you guys know i'm coming up against a very old war machine these guys have bullets from 1920 <laughs> so <keep me laughs> <in your> prayer <laughs> come on sister i love it well do you have any you have any final words you'd like to say to our audience angela um i don't have any final words other than um to just keep me in your prayers and, and make sure that yeah. you guys follow my journey and don't be afraid to you know uplift those that have a voice that can really make a difference. Stanton King for Congress. We're all about restoration and justice. StantonKingForCongress.com. Mike, thank you so much for having me on your show. Anytime you need me back, I'm one call away. I truly well, come appreciate on. it. Well, thank you, sister. We can't wait till you're in the Congress, and uh, maybe we can come out there and see and give us a tour. And so we're going to be supporting oh, you yeah. financially. <laughs> we'll support you financially, and we'll also support you in our prayers. And so, Angela, thank you so much for being on the Next Level Podcast. You are an amazing woman, and uh, keep on keeping on. We're proud of you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, friends, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other platforms where great podcasts are found. Thank you. Thank you for checking out the Next Level Podcast. For more information or additional resources, please visit themichaelmcintyre.com.